You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Thank you so much. It is such a joy to be with you. Um, I have just about had as much fun as is legal hanging out with um, Pastor Michael and getting to know him. Looking forward to this afternoon getting to know Pastor Maddie a little bit. It's been so much fun having my friend Taylor Jenkins over here. Taylor is from Chattanooga and uh, he's about getting ready to plant a church out there. And so it's just been loads of fun to have him with me. Um, how many of you were at the meeting last night? You can wave your hands. Amazing. Did you feel like you met with Jesus? Good. Well, it really is a joy to be here. This is my first time in um, this part of the world. I too am from the south um, of Africa. And, and I uh, moved to the United States with my family just um, a little over three years, I think it is. But I've been living in Boston for just over two years uh, to come and plant a church called The Table Boston um, and we're seeing God do some wonderful things in the cold northeast. Um, and uh, we're seeing some wonderful um, uh, just moments in God's presence. Um, my wife uh, is leading the church this morning, so she's unable to be with me. We've got two little children called Ezekiel and Evangeline. I often tell people, before I had kids, I'd wake up and say, good morning, Lord. Now I wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. Um, <laughs> they are just a ball of energy, and uh, we're seeing God do some great things with our little family. Um, I, I believe the American church is, um, has the best days ahead of her. I'm just going to say it again and hope I get an amen from people who really believe it. I believe that the American church is about to step into her best days yet. And that's despite whether or not we get persecuted, God is still going to do what he wants to do. <laughs> do you know the worst thing that can happen in America is not persecution of Christianity or Christian values. The worst thing that can happen in America is a church that's lost their hunger, fire, and all-out affection for King Jesus. Mm -hmm. There is something about falling in love with him again. Something so utterly stunning about beholding the one who has saved our soul. Something so magnificently beautiful about gazing upon Jesus in all of his splendor and all of his majesty. I mean, I'm a bit of a wreck after that worship moment there. How many of you know that the worship experience is not for you? Oh, I'm not just preaching now, I'm telling the truth. Worship is for Him. And there's something that the Lord wants to do in our day and in our age in the um, mix of noise and battle for our affection that needs to look like loving on Him. You know, it's one thing to catch the presence of God. It's another thing to keep the presence of God. You know, it was easy enough for the Philistines to grab a hold of the Ark of the Covenant. Problem is, you can't put the Ark of God's presence 
in the same building where you still got some idols. They were able to catch the presence. They just couldn't maintain it because there is no way that you can maintain the presence of God when there is competition for your affection and for your love. This is not even in my notes. Lord, help me. Where am I going? But I want to invite you. I believe we're in a season where God wants to visit his people. Listen, I get to travel all over America, all over the world. There is a hunger amongst the people of God that is arising. And I want to say to you, Owensboro, there's a shaking of the good kind coming. This church, I felt the Lord speak to me as I was standing in worship out of Elijah and Elisha. And um, I'm going to preach on something else. I, I, what time do you guys normally end? We can go till three, right? <laughs> I felt the Lord say to me out of um, two kings where Elisha is about to, uh, Elijah is about to be taken to heaven and Elisha is about to receive a double portion. Now, when we hear that, I hear lots of people praying, God, give me a double portion of the Spirit, which is an unbiblical prayer. Because the Bible says you receive the Spirit without measure. Who wants double when you can get as much as you want? We pray all sorts of religious unbiblical prayers. The biggest waste of time is a prayer meeting where you're asking God for something He's already given you. The Spirit without measure. When Elisha is asking for a double portion, he's saying, I want the first access to your inheritance. You see, in Jewish culture, what would happen, this is really not in my notes, but I, I want to say this because I believe there's something prophetic here. In Jewish culture, what would happen is that the oldest son would receive the double portion. They'd receive the immovables and unshakables of property, of family heirlooms. The inheritance that is given to the oldest son is so that the legacy and the name of the father would be given to the son so that the son would start off where the father left off. I want to tell you this church is a church of revival. I'm just going to preach to these people over here for a moment. This church is a church of revival. There's an inheritance. There's a physical property. There's a spiritual reality that is yours. And you can either be like the sons of the prophets. You know all the sons of the prophets? They were able to discern the time. They said, oh, Elisha, do you not know your master is about getting ready to be taken away from you? They're the sons of Elijah. These are the sons of the prophet Elijah. All of them could recognize what God was about to do, yet none of them were willing to cross the Jordan, the place of promise, that's what Jordan represents, to cross the Jordan and get the promise for themselves. It is easy in these days to sit on Facebook and Instagram and discern the time. It's a whole different thing to cross on over through the promise to grab a hold of your inheritance. And I'm here to tell you today, dear friends, there's an inheritance. I, I, I feel it in the atmosphere. I feel it in the, the, the concrete that is in this building that there is a resonance, that there is a residue, that there is a, um, 
a wine that God wants to release in this season that is gonna unlock promises of old and the new ones to come. And the thing is where Elijah left off in his last miracle is where Elisha starts off for his next miracle. He splits open the river of promise and walks through it. And I believe that there is a prophetic promise over you. Now you can either continue to look to the last move of God and hope for the next move of God, or you can step into the now move of God and begin to see some increase. When you're turning your Bibles, oh my gosh, I totally am messing with my notes here, God. I, I told some people yesterday, the Holy Spirit's the most inconvenient friend I have. Hebrews chapter 10, and touch a neighbor and say, I'm living under an open heaven. Okay, you just say it like you mean it. Say it's open heaven times. I want to just quickly, um, we'll do some, I wonder if I should do this now. No. Let me get on. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Hey, Taylor, at the end, we'll do some words of knowledge. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he has opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is... And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. I wanna to talk to you for a moment, if you don't mind, about living under an open heaven. I believe that um, Jesus is the model for full humanity. How many of you know that Jesus was fully God and fully man all at the same time? But he lived as an example, as a model of what it's like for us to be fully human. Many of us are trying to escape our bodies in order to get to a greater dynamic of spirituality, but the point that Jesus came to bring was that divinity in who he is, God gets into the dust of the earth, into the dirt of the earth, and he clothes himself with something natural in order for the natural to become supernatural. And we are called as a people to live in an outworking and an overflow of not um, being separate from heaven, but heaven coming to the earth. Wherever Jesus goes, we see all these miracles, we see signs and wonders, we see everything shift and change. He lives in a way that is aware of another realm. He lives in a way that is aware of his father's reality. He says things like, my father who is in heaven has been working until now, and even now the son is working. And how many of you know God has called us to be a supernaturally natural people? That God's not wanting to devalue your humanity. Do you know the word flesh in the Bible is incorrectly translated, particularly in the NIV. I call it the nearly inspired version. I'm just joking. Um, the word for flesh is actually carnal nature. 
It's got to deal with our sinful nature. How many of you know that your sinful nature was crucified with Christ on the cross? If you're a Christian here today, you do not have a sinful nature any longer. You just have an unrenewed mind that needs to be renewed around the purposes of God. Your whole identity has changed. How many of you know that your original identity is not a depraved sinner? No, your original identity is made in the likeness of God. The Bible says that you were in Christ before the foundations of the earth. In other words, before you ever became a sinner, you were looking like Jesus. When we begin to renew our mind around the truth that God has made us new creation, everything changes. Help me, Jesus, I'm going to preach today. I'm going to preach myself happy. I come from a charismaniac church. You're swinging from chandeliers. I grew up in pews like these. So I'm just going to get myself happy. Because the truth is, I once was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. I once was an enemy of God, but now I'm a child of God. Everything's changed about my identity. And Jesus modeled as one who lived from heaven to earth. He modeled as one who brought heaven's reality to the earth. Wherever he goes, the writer in the book of Acts says that he went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. The thing I love about Jesus is he hardly does any miracles in a church building. In fact, when you look at the anatomy of revival, when you look at the anatomy of the presence of God, starting with the model of Jesus in John chapter 7, the further away you move from the sacred place and into the public place, the more fruitful the work of the kingdom becomes. In other words, we cannot build our lives to come to a Sunday morning. We've got to build our lives from a Sunday morning to invade the city of Owensboro. It's why in the book of Acts, chapter 19, Paul's having some great religious meetings in the synagogue, and until he starts talking about the kingdom of God, nothing much happens. And when he starts talking about the kingdom of God, there's a riot that happens. As one of the old church fathers, the bishops, uh, used to say, everywhere um, St. Paul went, a riot broke out. Everywhere I go, they serve me a cup of tea. God's wanting us to be a people who demonstrate the kingdom beyond the four walls of a building, as nice as this building is. Jesus, please give the table a building. <laughs> we need a new building, pray for that. Buildings are important, but they're meant to be the platform. In Acts chapter 19, he moves into the hall of Tyrannus, into a public space. He moves from the sacred place into the public space. It's only once he's in the public space that extraordinary, extraordinary miracles start happening. I'm telling you, the day is coming and is here where God wants to unlock extraordinary, extraordinary miracles. Listen, we are going to need faith to believe God to reverse gender reassignments. We're going to need... Like, you're also still trying to believe God for your pinky. I believe in God that we will see such outrageous miracles that it will bring fear upon whole cities. And so I want us to look at this verse because it's so beautiful. The writer to the Hebrews invites us into a bold kind of way of living. And I've heard a lot of people teach on open heavens, the five keys to live under an open heaven. The 10 keys to open a portal 
and get the blessing of God. And I don't understand half of what they're saying. But I do understand that the Bible is plain. And you don't need a Greek lexicon and you don't need a, a, a commentary to understand what Scripture says. And so when we talk about heaven, we need to understand what heaven is for us to understand what it looks like for God's kingdom to come on the earth, what it looks like for us to come in to the throne room of grace boldly, to come in to a place where we expect the unhindered access of God's blessing and favor to be on our lives. In Jewish culture, when you think about heaven, you begin to understand that their understanding of heaven is completely different to the way we understand heaven. For most of us, we understand heaven as a place we're going to go to when we die. And that is partly true. That there is a realm that we will go to. I'm so glad that Jesus has secured for me an eternal place in heaven. But that's not where I'm going to stay for all eternity. How many of you know that? That God's desire and design is that heaven would invade earth and make all things new. It's why in Acts it says until there is a restoration of all things. And so for the Jewish person, they would have understand that heaven is the place where God dwells. It's a place where his throne is established. It's a place where he utters decrees. It's a place where angels circle the throne crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They've been doing it for eons and for eternity. And every time they see a glimpse of God, they see another aspect to his nature and they can't help but respond in worship. There is a beauty in who God is that will never, ever be exhausted for eternity past and eternity future. Man, I get happier that thought. He is utterly stunning. He is utterly overwhelming. He's so good. And they would also understand that God's desire, God's plan was always to have heaven and earth meet together. And so when God creates um, the the earth, the first thing he does, and you'll notice that you'll see that the first thing that God creates in concept is marriage. He creates the moon and the sun. He creates plants and animals. He creates earth and water. He creates light and darkness. He creates man for woman. It's a marriage, two different things coming together to work together in unity. But what we see, the first concept of marriage that we see in the Bible is in Genesis when the first thing that God creates is the heavens for the earth. And it's not inconsistent, it's not, uh, it's not a coincidence, it's, not un, uh, it's important for us to recognize that the first miracle that Jesus does happens where? Where's the first miracle that Jesus? And a marriage. And the book of John starts up with in the beginning because Jesus is the new Genesis. He's the new beginning. <laughs> Just track with me. And so heaven's created for earth and man and woman are there and they're walking in perfect relationship. 
and beauty and splendor. They're walking with God, walking among them. The ruach, the breath, the wind, the cool of the day is walking with them in perfect unity. It's beautiful. How many of you know that that's an old covenant picture? The new covenant is not that God simply walks around you or with you. It's that God dwells within you. It's much better than before. Oh, I just want to pack out laughing. It's so good. And Jews would also have understood that this realm of heaven, this coexisting reality, this place where God dwells impacts this physical reality and this physical reality impacts heaven. But they also would have understood that because of Adam and Eve living and creating or committing sin, that God in his mercy and his kindness, rather than leave them in their perpetual sin without any hope, without any future, but simply with death, he says, I need to get you out of the garden. It's a beautiful thing here. Please allow me to just digress for a moment. The last thing you see at the garden of Eden as Adam and Eve are walking out of the garden are two angels guarding the entrance point into the Garden of Eden. I want to tell you, the first thing that you see at the Garden Tomb are two angels guarding the entrance, not because they're trying to keep people from getting in, but because the presence of Jesus has now got out and is going to evade everything. It's good news. And so for the Jew... When Jesus shows up and says, repent, change the way you think for the kingdom of heaven, the reality of God's domain, the realm of God is worth an arm's reach, it's at hand. I tell you, those Jews that have been thinking, heretic, how dare you say that? Do you not know that God shut us out from the garden, that we don't have access to the place where God dwells, that we cannot go there? Do you not know? That sin and God cannot dwell together. How can you think such a thing? It's why the prophets of old would pray, Oh God, in Isaiah, rend the heavens and come down. It's why that moment when Jesus is getting baptized and Luke so eloquently says, the heavens were torn open is absolutely mind-blowing and cataclysmic. Because in that moment, Hundreds of years of being blocked from the presence of God, suddenly, in a moment, as Jesus came out of the Jordan River, the place of promise, and as he comes out, finally all of Israel's longings, finally all of Israel's promises are discovered in Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, found in Jesus, where all of the promises of God are found, yes and amen, and the heavens, you can, you can just imagine God going, I've been waiting for this day, and tears open. He goes ni- nicely, neatly, you know, pull it open. He tears it open. He rends it. He finally answers Isaiah's prayer. And the thing that I love about this moment is that Jesus comes out of the water and we hear these wonderful words, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The thing I love about that is Jesus did absolutely nothing significant for God up until that point. All he did was be born and make some tables. I want to tell you today, you don't need to do anything significant to get an open heaven over you. Because God is well pleased in you, not based on your performance. He's well pleased in you based on the performance of Jesus. 
such good news. And so we see this moment here where the presence of God comes in. And Jesus says, I want you to change the way you think because heaven is at hand. It's in arm's reach. It means the domain of God is about to break out. And when the domain of God breaks out, what do we see? We see miracles. We see signs and wonders. We see demons leaving. Let me just go here for a moment. The church in the West has become scared of talking about demons. But the Bible says so clearly in the Gospel of Mark that when demons leave, the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's not an optional extra. I uh, said to Kayla earlier, if demons aren't manifesting and leaving, you're probably not preaching the kingdom well. I'll move on. And then we get to this beautiful verse written particularly to a Jewish audience, this wonderful book of Hebrews. And this beautiful verse says, therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace. And you know, I've heard a number of wonderful people preach on open heavens and what it means for us to live under open heavens. And I often hear such faithless preaching as if we can move the hand of God simply by trying to get a formula. <laughs> Do you know God won't be formularized? It's why Jesus hardly ever does one miracle the same as the next. Because if we did, we'd have conferences on the five steps to spitting in mud and healing the blind. We make a book, an Instagram reel, and off we'll go. Here's the thing. Heaven is this coexisting reality where there's an unhindered access that we get to have to the favor, purpose, power, and demonstration of heaven on earth. But I've discovered that most Christians live short of that because they don't believe this verse, that you can come boldly. Now listen, what would happen? The Jews understood something. If you study temple theology throughout Scripture, you'll see that there's a progression from the Garden of Eden, which is the first temple. The same words to till and look after the ground in the Garden of Eden is used for the temple where we're to guard the presence of God. Some of you might have just got a little bit of a revelation. How many of you know work is not evil? There'll be work. There was work before the fall. There was work after the fall. And there will be work when Jesus comes and makes all things new. So if you don't like your job, you might just go ahead and say, Jesus, please give me a love for this place. Because you'll never have authority over that which you don't love. I'll move on quickly. And so when you study temple theology, you get to this moment in the life of Moses where he creates this temple. And God's so passionate about being amongst his people that he puts himself into an ark of the covenant, into a little box. So the king of the universe resides in a little box. I love it. It's the only time God's ever been put in a box and he said, if you touch it, you'll die. And he's in this box. Now here's what would happen. It's like if you wanted to get to where heaven was, if you wanted to engage the presence of God, there was a process by which you did. How many of you have heard, you know you need to enter his gates with thanksgiving his heart. You need to enter his courts of praise. We, we talk about all the principles that we need before we can get into the presence of God. And it was like that in the temple. They were literally, as they came towards this temple, there'd be this 
big doors that would take a few men just to push it open so that you could come into the outer court. And if you were a Gentile, that's all you got. All you got was the outer court. You couldn't go any closer. If you're a Jew, though, you could go through the outer court into the inner court and you'd have to go through some more curtains in order to get there. And then once you're there, you could give your sacrifice to the priest. And then the priest would go through another set of curtains and they would take the blood of the animal and they would sprinkle it on the floor and walk upon the blood. And as they got to the Ark of the Covenant, they would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat and glory would come. It's beautiful. I just want to make this comment. The orientation of the temple is that the priest always had his back to the presence, his face towards the presence and his back towards the people. In modern day church, the priest always has his face toward the people and his back toward the presence. Our worship culture has been so reversed that we've honored the minister above the one we should be worshiping. I will move on. And once they got into the Holy of Holies, that and only then was the time that they could get access to the presence of God. I want to tell you the Bible says that these things are a pattern of the heavenly reality. That's what it says in Hebrews. And this invitation is that now, no longer do we need to go through form or legalism or hard work to try and get to access the presence of God. The reality is we now, because of Jesus, who is our prophet, priest, and king, he's our sacrificial lamb and the priest who takes the sacrifice in heaven, because he entered, the, there's a whole lot of teaching about how Jesus descended into the lower parts of the earth in order to lead captivity captive. But I want to tell you a much better view of the victory that he gained for us is the one when he enters in to the heavenly temple. And once and for all, he begins to sprinkle blood which is still warm on the floor. He begins to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat which is still warm for you and I. And when he gets there, he says, never again, never again will anyone have to work to live under the blessing. Never again will someone have to do legalism in in order to get the blessing, and you know what he does? He sits down. Because the work is finished. It's complete. It's done. And some of you in this room need to know something. God has called you to live under an open heaven. And what's beautiful when you look at the progression of how heaven works and how the temple works, it starts off in a garden. It will end in a city. But until we see the city come to the earth and make all things new, there's heaven dwelling in you. Bible says the kingdom of heaven does not come through observation. It's not here, there. The kingdom is in you. That means you are a walking temple that is called to demonstrate the reality of heaven on the earth. Dear friends, some of you are struggling with guilt because of habitual sin cycles. Some of you are finding it hard to connect with the presence of God. I want to tell you every single obstacle, every single reality that will try and hold you back is now done. 
The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You get to access the reality of heaven right now and pull it to the earth to make all things new. That's why the Bible says fix your eyes on things unseen. That's why the Bible says in Colossians that we have to set our mind on the things of heaven. Because when you see from heaven's perspective, you realize ain't no recession in heaven. Somebody help me here. Ain't no sickness in heaven. Ain't no poverty in heaven. Ain't no brokenness in heaven. Ain't no fatherlessness in heaven. And you know what that means before you all say amen very loud? It means that you are the solution to those problems on the earth can make this place look a little bit more like heaven. I am so tired of the moral police who shout from the rooftops about what we should and shouldn't be doing. The moral police who tell us, or moral police are the modern day Pharisees. It's the church who's known for what they're against rather than what they're for. I said this last night and I want to say it again. You cannot be anti-abortion unless you've seriously prayed about adoption. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kill this religious cow because religious cows make the best burgers. We have got a church who's able to critique society without releasing heaven for society. It's got to shift. I'm not just talking about miracle signs and wonders. That's beautiful and we need to do it. Besides, most of the miracle signs and wonders only happen in church. We need it out there. We're coming for a landing. What time do you guys normally end? Okay, great. I want to minister. But I, I want to say this, dear friends. Can, can this church, can the Father's house be known not for what it's against, But for what they demonstrate, because we have free access to heaven. Guys, do you realize this? Come boldly before the throne of grace. When we walk into God's presence, we are walking upon the warm blood of Jesus. Because the lamb that was slain is slain eternally, but he's also raised eternally. I do not do it on my own merits. I do not do it on my own holiness. I do not do it on my own rightness. I do it simply because of his blood, which has gone ahead of me, breaking open in his physical body, access to the reality of heaven. And when you see from heaven's perspective, everything changes. You see, a number of years ago, they tried to shut out the church in China. And revival broke out. In the early, late 70s, early 80s, they tried to shut down the church in Iran. It's now the fastest growing church on planet Earth. <laughs> Guys, we, when you fix your eyes on the systems of this world, on the political ideologies of this world, when you're trying to look for a solution to the issues that government should bring, I want to tell you, it is pointless because the kingdom of God is not of this. It doesn't mean that the kingdom of God looks like this world and it's just slightly heavenly. No, no, it's entirely different. 
I want to tell you, the Bible says in the book of James, a double-minded man receives nothing from the Lord. He's unstable in all of his ways. If you do not know that you are a son, you are a daughter, you now have access to the unhindered blessing of an open heaven, that you walk upon the blood of Jesus as you come into the Holy of Holies to stand boldly before the throne of grace in your time of need. I mean, that should give you a little clue. When you're needy, go to the throne of grace. And until you get this stuff settled, you will always live as a slave and never enjoy your sonship. What does this mean for us? You notice that in the New Testament, starting with Jesus, heaven is open and never closed. You do not need to pray for an open heaven. You already have one because you're in Christ. It's why Stephen in the book of Acts says, I saw the heavens opened. Not opening, they are opened. Do you know that you live under an open heaven? And that the only restriction to living in the reality of that open heaven is the way you think. I want to end with this. The Bible says that the greatest battle that ever happened happened in Calgary where Jesus disarmed principalities of their authority. I want to tell you the devil is real powerful. He just doesn't have authority. And this happened at a place called Golgotha. Remember the word repentance means to change the way you think. The word Golgotha means place of the skull. I want to tell you the greatest battle you will ever face is not in some principality over Owensboro. It's not in some demonic force out there. It's got to do with your place of the skull. And until you apply the finished work of the cross to the way that you think, you will never repent and change the way you think so that you can access the realm of heaven. Because whatever you agree with, you give authority to. Because authority in Scripture is never usurped, it's always delegated. And the Bible says that all authority has been given to Christ and he now has given that to you the church, so that we might fill all in all. I want to tell you the only principality over Owensboro, the word principality means first ruler. The only principality over Owensboro is Jesus. And he's given you authority in this region. And here's the thing. We keep agreeing with the enemy's perspective. Oh, it's, it's economically so tough here. Oh, have you seen the, the homeless problem here? Oh, have you seen the drug problem here? I want to tell you what you agree with, you give authority to. The Bible says whenever, whenever two or three agree upon touching anything, it literally means when one or two come into a sound like that of a symphony where your sound and another person's sound begins to harmonize and make one clear sound, that is what God will do. That is what gives authority. Who are you agreeing with? Heaven's perspective or the local newspaper's perspective? And I want to invite you, I believe this church is coming into a season and indeed it is here where God wants to release heaven's perspective over you. Where he wants you to live in the reality of an open heaven. There is no reason why these pews need to be empty. And you cannot program your way into a bigger church. I just want to tell you, I just love Pastor Michael and Maddie's heart. Her heart for worship. 
hardly hear God's voice. I want to tell you, God has put you here. It is the right season for you both. And I want to tell you, if you know how to honor, learn, receive, and drink from the well of God in them, we will see significant things happen in this region. Because God has called this church with the history that it has, not simply to be a local church, but to be a regional church that impacts this region and beyond. Somebody shout amen. And I felt the Lord tell me to come to say to you, stop asking for an open heaven. You already live under one. Because the Bible says that Jesus in his flesh has torn open the very holy of holies so that you can have access to the unhindered blessing of heaven. Will you change the way you think? What are you agreeing with? Because what you agree with will give power. You agree with the enemy? He's got power. The enemy will not do anything beyond delegated authority. Thing is, the Holy Spirit is exactly the same. He ain't gonna do nothing without you agreeing with him. And I, I don't have time to talk about the sovereignty of God. I get God can do whatever he wants. But Holy Spirit's so kind that he'd like to partner with you. Will you partner with him for heaven to break out? We love your presence. Can that wonderful lady who is on the keys just come up, please? Hey, I just wanted to quickly, I hate advertising stuff, but I've got a course on the prophetic, which is probably um, my life's work in 12 sessions uh, that will help you discover how to hear God's voice, how to move in the prophetic. We need some prophets with their brains in their heads and a smile on their face. And this, I believe, will help you do that. We, we got literally whole churches doing this is their curricula for the prophetic cultures in their church. And I want to encourage you, if you want to move in the prophetic, because how I flow in the prophetic is an invitation for you to do the same. Because God is no respecter of persons. Amen. This lovely lady in the front over here, ma'am, this is just for you. Um, so I want to encourage you to go ahead and get that. But I want to do just one or two things. I want to flow in the prophetic just a little bit. I, I, I want to honor your time. I know some of you are like, my tummy is rumbling. And that's okay. So I want to, I want to honor it. Um, do you guys know you live under an open heaven? What's incredible is the same, the same reality of Jesus that Jesus lives in right now is the same reality that you live in right now. And so, Father, we invite you right now. Would you help us realize that heaven is here and now? That we're not waiting for anything more to happen because you've already done it. And that our goal is not simply to figure 10,000 things out. Our goal is to simply reach into heaven and pull that reality out right now. So right now, we invite you, Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you begin to minister right now? Will you begin to flow in your presence and in your power? Oh, just won't you tell him you love him just for a moment? Just go ahead and say to him how magnificent he is. We love your presence. This is a lovely couple right up front over here. Sir and ma'am, can you both stand, please? 
Uh, you guys are around front, yeah. Um, you guys have got quite a unique story, not only of how you got together, but what God has done with you in this season. Um, and I see an anointing on you for wealth creation. I see an anointing on you to be able to make money and to be able to increase the stewardship of money. And I believe God is inviting you into a space of believing him for more. Um, and I see like a website that is being redesigned or rebranded or like, um, like I, see, I see like um, whatever it is that you guys do, it's like there's this rebranding happening around it because God's about to highlight what, do you guys own your own business? God's about to highlight what you guys are doing for the sake of this reaching and beyond. And uh, so I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you. He's unlocking in you an entrepreneurial creative spirit that is going to multiply in this next season. And um, I believe one of the things that you're going to have is a gift of faith, not only for finances in your own business, but for this local church. There's something about how you're going to help lead and help be part of the team that will govern and steward not only the facilities and the money, but the sense of anticipation of what God wants to do. Because he's giving you a unique gift of faith. And you guys, like, you guys can't work apart from each other. You guys just have to work together. It's like the grace that's on you in terms of how you do stuff together, God's put it on you. Um, even though in your personalities you can almost be exactly opposite at times. Um, but God has done that because he's brought a holy balance to you. And I believe God wants to cause favor to come on you in this, re in, in this next season in an increased and significant way. And I see like, um, I feel like the Lord wants to say that you're going to begin to increase in like, the phrase I get is deal closing. I see like putting tenders in and then closing the deal quicker than you could anticipate. Um, and, and it's almost like I can see like numbers of big like um, vehicles um, and I see it increasing almost. And I feel like there's something about God saying to you, I'm about to extend your influence beyond the boundaries of Owensboro. Um, and you're going to start to see God open up doors in different spaces and different places. God's hand is really on you. Ma'am, you're very prophetic. The Lord is going to release... Um, the prophetic in an increased way, I feel like there's going to be a lot of dreams, a lot of words that God's going to give you that's going to shape people's lives in the prophetic. And there's actually even a teaching gift in you that the Lord's going to begin to unlock because you're called to carry his word and make it simple for people to engage with. God's hand is on you both in just a remarkable way. And I feel like you're coming into um, the best season for you guys. Um, there, there is something about um, foundation laying. God, God wants you to know you're going to lay some foundations, both physically and spiritually in this next season. That's going to be very significant. And is that your son over there with the white t-shirt on? Nephew. Hey, young guy, what's your name? Javier. You are a very clever young man. <laughs> You've got an incredible ability to think and process things. I see you on computers working really fast. You're able to put things in the right place very quickly. God is giving you an academic grace. 
and he's going to use you to really be able to be streetwise and very clever academically. All right? And so God's hand is on you. You guys can translate that to him a little bit more. God's hand is on you, and he's going to bring you into a place of incredible favor. Amen. I just want to pray for somebody, just very quickly. You are... Um, You are thinking about selling your property. In fact, you're in the process of selling your property, and it just feels like you're getting loads of roadblocks to do with property sale. Um, I feel like there's some, like, just, yeah, like a roadblock. Who's that person? Can you stand up very quickly if that's you? Um, you're in a property. Is that you, sir? Fantastic. Um, I just, firstly, I feel like the Lord's about to accelerate the timeline for you. All right, sir. Um, See, here's what I see. I see the Lord has given you an incredible grace of, of um, yeah, stewardship. Yeah, like you, you've just been so faithful with what you've been given. And I feel like God's going to multiply some things for you. But I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like the Lord wants to say to you, there's no retirement in the kingdom. And I feel like there is an anointing on you to communicate. There's an anointing on you to disciple. There's an anointing on you to... Um, be a plumb line for many people. Like you're a man who's able to recognize truth and to be able to apply truth to people. And I believe the Lord wants to encourage you, sir, that you're going to be a, almost like a prophetic provocation to many people to keep the main thing the main thing, uh, to keep focused on Jesus. And I believe the Lord is going to give you, actually, it's like you're going to be past, a pastor to pastors, that there are going to be lots of people who are going to want to connect to you, even people who are leading churches, and you're going to be able to pastor them and love on them and draw them into a space of wholeness and life and call them on their stuff in a fathering way. Um, but I believe there's some stuff around property the Lord wants to shift very quickly. Um, and I feel like the Lord is going to use your home for both of you. God's going to use your home as a home of restoration for people. Um, and I actually see like a, I see like extension or building. Um, I don't know if it's your current property, but I see like a space where actually it's going to be really beautiful where people are going to come and receive grace and ministry as you love on them. And to just get ready, I feel like the Lord's going to bless this next move. God's going to bless this property dynamic and it's going to be better than you think. And where there's almost been like a restraint and a holding back, God's about to open that up in this next season. To get ready for that. Amen. Yay, God. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody here in June of uh, last year, June 2021, last year, June. I think at the beginning of June, around about the 2nd or the 3rd of June, um, you were, um, you, uh, you received some kind of a phone call from a family member um, I think it might have been a brother or a sister, but I just see like utter devastation coming on you. And I see that it began to start a chain of events to do with health and issues to do with health for you physically because of the shock of what you heard. Um, if actually, can you quickly put up, I, I think you might have like an immune condition, actually, something to do with your immunity because of that. If actually, can you quickly put up your hand? I think you're somewhere in this section. You could be somewhere else. Uh, but I think you're in this section. If I can you wave your hand at me? Around about the beginning of June, you received some news and it began something to do with anxiety and an immune condition uh, because of the trauma you felt or the trauma that you heard. 
Um, God wants to heal that. Quickly put up your hand if that's you. Come Holy Spirit. You know, I don't mind being wrong because I'm God's favorite. And so are you. You're a man. You're not a woman. You're a gentleman. You received some news that caused incredible sense of just like devastation and shock is what I keep seeing. Like just the shock of it really impacted you. Can you quickly put up your hand, please? I don't want to take too long, but can I pray for you very quickly? Going once. If you come up to me afterwards, I'm going to headbutt you. No, I'll give you a kiss. Who's that person? I, I think you're a gentleman. I'm just going to, I might as well go all out and see what happens. And I think he, your name might start with a C. If that's you, just quickly put up your hand. Okay. I could be wrong on the name, but I definitely feel like I'm right on what I was describing. Right about the beginning of June 2021, just real shocking news. And there's been some health spin-off of that. I'm going to move on. I really don't mind getting it wrong, but... The gentleman with the cool shirt on, the leopard skin shirt. Can you scan, please? Does, does this word make sense to you at all? Okay, great. I'm happy to be wrong. You're so cool. <laughs> um, I'm like, I should get me one of those shirts. Um, the Lord, is that your wife next door to you? Why are you both scanning? I'm so glad you guys are married. That's such a cool thing. Um, I hope you guys are glad. Good. Guys, you guys have to all be serious. I'm happy. I'm chilled. Jesus is chilled too. Um, I don't know if that's a biblical word I'm allowed to use, but I just did. Um, what are your names? You guys, you guys are just the best at um, having fun. You guys are the best at opening up your home. You guys are the best at just having people around and helping them engage with things um, in the most beautiful way. I can't help but keep seeing like fixer upper for some reason in my mind, like. You know this Fixer Upper Home uh, Discovery Channel, whatever it is. There's something about you guys being able to demolish things and then build them up again and make them beautiful. Um, and I just feel like the Lord really wants to encourage you. You do that with people in the best way possible. That you're like people renovators. That you guys have this ability to create family and create safety for people to encounter God. And I believe the Lord's going to do some amazing things with you guys in this next season um, I feel like um, for both of you, there's something about the tactile nature of what you do. It's like I can see, um, like at a salon, cutting people's hair and just like just the tactile. You know how you have to touch that person in order to make them beautiful. There's a tactility about how you guys uh, live that is like you guys know how to love on people well and bring them into wholeness. And my brother, the Lord wants to say to you that you're, you've got this like pastoral grace on you that you don't even know is there. You just know how to care for people and you'll go the extra mile for people even if it costs you sometimes. And the Lord loves that. And I believe God's gonna do some significant things with you in this season as a couple, the things you've been believing God for. Even for family, the things that you're trusting God for. This is the season where you can start to see some acceleration of those things.
Um, and so get ready. God's going to bless you. Um, my brother, do you own your own business or run your own business? I, I just keep seeing like God doing something in terms of promotion for you. I don't know what it is that you do, but I see promotion. I see you coming into a higher space and a higher place of influence. And I feel for both of you, um, you're going to have, my, my sister, I feel like you just got this ability to love on kids and to bring them into a space where they can be freed up. And God's going to use that in this next season in an incredible way. So Father, I just bless this couple in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's so kind. Don't you love him? Wonderful. Young guy with the gold chain on American Eagle, I think it is. What are you saying? What's your name? Brady. Brady. You know, I see you at about the age of like seven or eight, standing in front of an authoritative figure with like your report card. Do you guys say report card here? Um, in your hand, and you're afraid to show it to this person of authority because of a reprimand, because of the way they'll respond. And it's irrespective of whether it was good or bad, it's just this inability to connect. And I felt like the Lord wants to say to you, hey son, you've already got an A+. And I feel like you need to know that God is so well pleased with you. Because the A plus that you got was not based on what you could do, it was based on what Jesus has done for you. And I feel like the Lord is going to break off um, like a high level of striving and performance that you've had to live under uh, for a long time, even in terms of the way you grew up, in terms of family, and in terms of expectations that you didn't fulfill or maybe do. And God wants to say to you, you've got your own path that he's about to unlock that's going to surprise the world around you. And I just feel like the well done of heaven is on you. Um, and I feel like God wants to encourage you, Brady, that this is, this is weird. I could be wrong, okay? Because so, prophecy is never 100% correct um, unless it's in Scripture, okay? But Brady, it's like I see you almost at one stage having some influence in like the sporting world. And uh, I don't know if you if it diverted. It's like I saw a passion for a particular sport or something, but then got diverted. And I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage you. You're going to connect with people out of the sporting world and like fitness industry and, and stuff like that. And you're actually going to train people. Um, and there's something about what God's going to do inside of you that's going to release the passion that's already in you to do some things that you felt passionate before in one season and you're going to pick it up in this next season. And I just feel the well done of heaven. Uh, he, God's so proud of you. And you need to know that in a very real way. There is a story in you that is being written that hundreds and thousands of people will hear because of the good work that God is doing in you. This is a new season for you. And you're about to step into all that God has for you. The creativity that's in you, the sounds that God's given you, the ideas that God's given you is going to begin to be unlocked. The things you dreamt of, even as a young man, God is going to begin to unlock in this next season. So get ready, because his favor is on you, and he loves you so much. The well done of heaven is on you. Amen. <sighs> Jesus, we love you. I felt like the Lord wanted to minister to some people in three areas this morning. I wish I had a whole lot more time. Next time I come, we'll just do... 
like a whole session of prophetic and will just flow. But for now, I know that I want to honor the time. Um, there are three things I want to minister into. The first thing I want to minister into is I felt like the Lord wanted to heal people of disappointment. Um, you've been believing God and believing God and you're coming to disappointment. I know something of this. This last month, two months have been incredibly difficult for our family. We finally got our promised house that God gave us in Boston. If you know anything about Boston house prices, you know it's a miracle to even think about a house. And God gave us this house that he promised us. And as we moved in, five days later, the house flooded to the tune of almost $70,000 worth of damage. Our brand new house, our brand new cabinets, our brand new everything. And my wife and I had to process disappointment in um, just such a hard way. Just, we just felt so, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this when we said, we just felt so bummed. Like the thing that we were waiting for has not happened. And now we're delayed by two months before we can move in. And I felt the Lord speak to me around people who battled for things for a long time and they get a measure of the breakthrough, but something worse seems to happen. And the disappointment of that has weighed heavy on you. So I want to pray for that. The second thing I want to pray for are people who've been in delay. You know God's given you some incredible words around healing, and we're going to minister healing in a moment. God wants to release breakthrough. When you live under an open heaven, things happen at an accelerated way. And now that you know how to think about an open heaven, God wants to release the acceleration. And the last thing I want to minister into are for people between the ages of 17 and under 30 in this community. And I'll get you up at the end. But I believe God's going to do something very significant with the young adults, not at the expense of a multi-generational church. How many of you know a youth church is not biblical, a student church is not biblical? He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a multi-generational God who's interested in leaving legacy. But I believe God's going to highlight something in this community around young adults. And so here's what I want you to do. If any of those three things make sense to you, just quickly get up and come to the front. Um, hey, Kelly, have you got any words of knowledge for healing? Do you want to come up? We're going to bring a number of words of knowledge for healing, and we'll get you to respond at the end. Come on up. A couple different words that I got. Um, the first one was kneecap, something with, uh, within your kneecap. Maybe there was a, a popping or, and, and you may not be experiencing pain right now, but something uh, that tends to happen with your kneecap. I just saw someone standing up and when you stand up, there's a popping noise. Um, you're not sure what it is, but it causes you pain. Um, it could be in your left or your right side, but I felt like it was in your right side. I also felt like there was some uh, calf strain. 
calf straining uh, taking place in your leg as well. It, it could have to do with a buildup or uh, maybe something pre-clot oriented, uh, but there's some type of straining going on in your calf or a swelling or a pressure. I also saw shin splints, shin splints where people are, uh, they, they, they want to run, they feel like they want to be in shape, but every time they run, there is some shin splinting. If that's you, go ahead and just step, uh, stand up and come up here. Julian's going to, uh, he has an application on that. The last thing I saw was I saw a diagnosis this week. Someone was in an office, a doctor's office. There was a diagnosis. It seemed mild, but God's saying, I want to still work in that situation. It may not be uh, severe. It may not be life-threatening, but you received a diagnosis. I felt like it was diabetes. It could have been diabetes. It may not have been. Uh, if that's you as well, I believe God wants to reverse that diagnosis. He's about to bring the second opinion. So, um, so yeah, those were what I got. Fantastic. Hey, come stand right up front. Jesus is going to bring some breakthroughs. Here's what I'd love you to do is over the next week as you start to see breakthroughs and miracles start to happen, email this church. Tell people what God's done. God's hand is on you both. Just lift up your hands just very quickly. There's breakthrough coming right now. Somebody just get behind them. The power of God's just going to hit them right now. Boom! In Jesus' name, I release fire in their bones, I declare, no longer will there be delay. No longer will there be things broken in Jesus' name. No longer will things be stolen in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I, I say an acceleration on the purposes and the plans that are in their heart. I break the delay of financial promise. I break the delay of health breakthroughs now in the name of Jesus. The power of God comes on you right now in Jesus' name. If you're sick in your body, you might as well come up to the front now. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, let's lift up our hands. Father, where there's been delay, where there's been disappointment, listen, if you're struggling with disappointment, Jesus is going to come and release hope, which will become a tree of life to you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I break disappointment right now. In Jesus' name, I break delay right now in Jesus' name. And I release your presence right now in the name of Jesus. There it goes right through your body, the power of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, right now. There it is, receive it, receive it. Right now, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, I release your power right now to flow in Jesus' name. God, I release open heaven so people begin to realize what's theirs already right now in the name of Jesus. Boom, there it goes right through you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I release right now in the name of Jesus. The fire of God just hits you now. God, I break off years of disappointment right now. I release accelerated healings right now in bodies in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Where there's been a delay for people who've been wanting to fall pregnant, in Jesus' name, I release that right now. In Jesus' name, I break barrenness over people right now. In the name of Jesus, I release favor. I declare some property miracles to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Where you all stand, we're going to end. I know it's gone on a little bit. 
such a joy to be amongst you and with you. I believe your best days are ahead of you, Father's house. And I'd love us just to lift up our hands. I believe the power of God is here. I tell you what, revival is going to sometimes look like meetings that go on beyond lunch. But um, for now, I just want to honor you guys and honor what God's doing with us. I break the heavy weight of disappointment right now in the name of Jesus. Delayed promises, I declare to accelerate right now in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. There's a wonderful young couple over here. So you've got your hands up. God is on you both in the most beautiful way. He loves you so very much. God's going to do some amazing things with you, young man. Um, I see even like an ability to think in terms of numbers and finance and an ability to process things quickly. God's about to bless you. God's about to cause some open doors of favor in Jesus' name. I want to pray as a last prayer. I want to break trauma of people. This last season has caused a global trauma. And how many of you know that God can break through even into trauma? Close your eyes. I just want to wait for a moment. This young man, there's a call of God on your life into ministry. God's put something on you for the ability to love on people and to minister to people. God's unlocking even some stuff to do with worship and musical notes and preaching. I just see things all around you. You might not even lead worship publicly, but God's going to unlock a heart of worship in you that will touch your generation. Get ready. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands. God's hand is on you right now. Fill him right now with your power. Let a lightning bolt of heaven just hit him right now in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. Here we go. We're going to break up some trauma. Come Holy Spirit. When you tell him you love him. I know some of you wanted a prophetic word, so here's your prophetic word. God loves you with an everlasting love. He really, really does. Just get your eyes on him for a moment. The word for comforter is not just a word that says they're there and will be okay. Don't worry. Come on. No, the word for comforter in the original means he is your fortifier. The Holy Spirit is a fortifier for you. And he wants to fortify you right now. I want to break up trauma right now. Father, where there are people living in cycles of anxiety and trauma, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak neurological healing. Guys, my dad went through such massive trauma when my mom passed away just over a year ago, and he got extremely ill and nearly lost his life four times. And when he finally came to, he had vascular dementia, which is an incurable disease. We began to pray for him. And God completely reversed the diagnosis. Vascular disease went away. We we're hoping to get him on a plane in October to come and hang out with us for a few months because of the miracle working power of God. And some of you, you said, oh, I just have to live with my anxiety or I just have to live with my fears or I just have to live with trauma. No, no, you live under an open heaven. 
So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I break the demonic assignment of trauma against your people in the name of Jesus. I command it to lift off and to go now in the name of Jesus. There are one or two of you, you're feeling like a tightness around your head right now in the name of Jesus. I break the oppressive demonic spirit that is being assigned to some people right now. It goes in Jesus' name. It goes in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom right now. I declare life right now in Jesus' name. I declare right now that trauma lifts off people right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. We bless you. I wonder if you would just stretch out your hand to Pastor Michael and Maddie. I'm going to prophesy over them a little bit later and then I'm sure they'll get to prophesy with you all, or tell you what I prophesy, but I just want to acknowledge this. Whatever you honor, you will get a reward from. I want to encourage you, there is honor for you as a couple today to be a mother and a father in this house. I feel like the Lord wants you to know Michael, that he's inviting you to dream even bigger. And your people will run with you. And Father, I want to pray. I, 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 listen, in the best of churches, leadership is difficult. You know that? And I, I want us to, there is such an attack of trauma against leaders in this last season. In this last season of COVID, you couldn't do anything right. If you opened, you were in trouble. If you closed, you were in trouble. If you spoke out against the government, you were in trouble. If you didn't speak out against the government, you were in trouble. If you weren't woke enough or weren't whatever enough, you were in trouble. And you need to know the pressure on leaders in the last three years of being unbelievable. And so I want to, as a church, would you just honor this couple? Would you just love on them? I'm asking you to give them lots of your money personally, not just tithe, bless them. I'm asking you to outrageously say, we think you're the bee's knees. Not because they deserve it, but because what you will never see behind the scenes are the price that they have to pay for their family. And I'm praying, and not just for them, I believe we should all just be generous to each other anyway. You get that, right? I'm not trying to put them on a pedestal. I'm asking you to honor them. Can you do that? Oh, that's one of you. Can you do that? Okay. Let's pray for them. I just want to pray for a bubble of protection from the trauma of leadership. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we place a bubble of protection around them. God, I'm asking you that you would fortify them in this season, that the trauma of this last season would break off of them in Jesus' name. And Father, I, I thank you that the assignment that being against this church and against this couple who lead it, right now, God, you would bring confusion into the enemy's camp in Jesus' name and that you would release an accelerated breakthrough anointing on them. I declare that upon them as a couple, a breaker anointing is coming so they begin to see some breakthroughs financially, not just for themselves, but for this community, that God, the ideas, God, even the plans and the uh, ideas around um, 
schools, 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 schools right now, in Jesus' name, begin to open up right now. In Jesus' name, I speak right now to centers for the poor, for the broken, for the marginalized. Open up right now. I speak recognition even from the national or the governmental dynamic in this region, God, on them right now in Jesus' name. I speak more buildings that are disused in different communities saying, hey, can you manage this because we want you to be a presence as a church. And so, Father, right now, I release your presence upon them. Release your goodness right now. In Jesus' name. Let's all lift up our hands. I promise you, this is my last charismatic bullet right now. God, the thing I ask you above all else, would you make this a happy, clappy church? Will you make this a church of joy, a house of joy? Will you anoint men and women with the oil of joy to move in realms of joy that will be our strength for this community? So Father, I bless this community. Guys, you need to get ready. Woo, you need to get ready because the kind of people who are coming into this church are going to blow you away. Won't you lift up a huge shout of praise to Jesus and tell Him you love Him? God bless you. Thank you.